are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 56 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest is Ryan Drews, BDR at SolarWinds. Ryan is somebody who's a long overdue guest. Ryan and I have been connected for a while. He's from Raleigh, hometown hero. He's a frontline sales professional to the fullest. When I say that Ryan Drews loves this game of sales, I mean it. And you'll hear it in this episode. We talk about everything from how his sales career got started with a Kool-Aid stand, how he hired his sister and friends around the neighborhood to grow the Kool-Aid stand, how he got into door-to-door sales, commission-only sales, what sales means to him and how it shaped his career path and his life's journey and Ryan talks to us both at a high level about what it means to be in sales about the connection about talking to people and just a very basic view of sales but then we also get into some really tactical things that Ryan does on a daily basis to see massive success in his role as a BDR I mean, we're talking omni-channel approaches, the way that he handles responses to emails in relation to the phone. You know, I mean, we go super tactical. We go high level. We talk about some real stuff in Ryan's life. I mean, it's a fantastic episode. It's the reason why I started this podcast. So if you don't have time to listen to the entire episode, Ryan serves up a fantastic snack break sales tip based on not giving up. Take a listen. Wow. I would, in all honesty, I, I got a sales book quite a few years ago from one of my sales managers, and it talked about perseverance, never giving up, just always going for it, and, and just not really taking no. And, and so I would have to say that's probably one of the biggest things is just don't give up. And, and you're going to laugh when I tell you the book, but it's Green Eggs and Ham. Yes. Yeah, right? Because Sam is always on there, man. He's always trying to talk him. Hey, do you want it here? Do you want it there? Where do you want it? You know, and and that as a salesperson, and people laugh at that, but as a salesperson, you you need to be persistent in one way, shape, or form, whether through calling, whether it's through email, through direct mailing, if you're in that, you know, uh, in that thing, in that vertical, you know, whatever it is, you always have to be persistent, you know? And I think that's one of the key things that anyone in sales or in life, whatever goal they're trying to you know, get, need to do. Fantastic snack break sales tip from Ryan Drews. Look, if you got to go, go. Get done what you need to get done. Come back. Listen to this episode when you have a chance because it's absolute fire. Without any further ado, here we go. Episode number 56 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Ryan Drews. Enjoy. All right, folks, here we are. James Bodden here, the Lunch Break Podcast with episode 56. And I've got to tell you, this is uh, today's guest is somebody that, that should have been on the podcast much earlier. I've been connected with him, always loved interacting with him. I've got Ryan Drews here on the show with me. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Like you said, it's a, it's a long time coming. So I'm glad we finally able to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and you know, I think you and I connected just kind of on our perspective of being a frontline business development professional yep. th- that maybe uh, wasn't <clears throat> the typical, what you might think that a BDR is or, or, or who we are. So um, I'll let you get into that as we go along here. So I'll kick this thing off the same way I kick all of these episodes off. Ryan, how did you get started in sales? <laughs> the funny thing is I've actually been practicing this speech, um, you know, so I, <clears throat> I, uh, I was doing it last night and on the way to work this morning, but I, I wanted it. to cue some dramatic music and okay. Ryan Drew started from humble beginnings in 1989 <laughs> in Four City, Iowa. And, and, and I was in fifth grade. And, and the funny thing is like most kids in small town, Iowa, we want to make some money. So I started mm. a Kool-Aid stand and uh, yeah, it's it pretty fun. And I did so well the first summer that I actually decided the next summer to expand. So I opened up a location across town and I had my sister and her best friend, you know, run it. Big mistake. And I'll tell you why. They were drinking the profit. Uh. And I, I know, right? And I had to fire them. And I was fifth grade, they were fourth grade. My, my parents, of course, made me hire them back, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. But when I was at that young age, I just understood talking with people and, and selling them a product that they can definitely use and enjoy and be nourished from in, in a Kool-Aid sense and everything. And I just figured at that age, you know, hey, you know what? I can do this for a living, whatever the product may be. I can sell it to them, you know, paint the, paint the picture, sell the dream, so to say. And, and I've been doing that for maybe 43 in three weeks. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing it for, for a long time, man. That's all I've ever done. I love it. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's so funny because one of the best parts about sales is that people from all walks of life kind of end up here. And the, the, the folks that always make me laugh are the one, because I can picture you in fifth grade with this desire for <laughs> commerce, right? right? <laughs> and just figuring out Kool-Aid is where the, you, you know, the attention is. Now, one thing I will say, there's, speak with lots of people who, yeah, I had a lemonade stand or yeah, you know, I did this. And, uh, but I definitely think there are different levels to that kind of mentality when you're coming up, because for me, like I wanted money to buy things, but I wasn't really down with like running a business for it. So what I would do is I would like pick pine cones out of people's yards (laughs) and go try and sell them their own pine cones out of their own yards. (laughs) Not effective. Right. right. <laughs> they saw me do it as I walked up to their house and, you know, and, and, but it was me trying to take a shortcut. Now you fall into the category of like, all right, let me identify a need in the market. Let me set up shop, right? Let right. me run this thing for a season and then let's go ahead and expand. Yeah, exactly. And if I have to lay down the hammer on these fourth graders, <laughs> drinking all my profit, then, you know, so be it. No, I love it, yeah. man. It, no, the, another funny thing with that is uh, I had a paper out for the longest time and, and I pretty much took care of the whole side of town that I lived on. So when I was in Boy Scouts, when I had any other fundraiser, guess who I hit up? Everyone mm-hmm. I delivered a paper with. And it was, it was this natural. You know, it's like, hey, I'm already delivering a paper. Hey, do you want to help me out with my school fundraiser, my, my Boy Scout popcorn? You know, so and, and people always wondered why I was always good with sales like that. I was like, because I understood like, hey, I'm already there. Why not, you know, 
yeah. go off of that. <laughs> yeah, and you were and you were also obviously keenly aware that you needed to be providing value before you could really ask somebody for something, which exactly. I think is interesting, right? So you were already delivering the paper. You were already doing them a service. Mm-hmm. They already thought you were the nice paper boy, right? right. Why not? That's low-hanging fruit. Exactly. You were prospecting <laughs> like a pro. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so that, that experience, obviously innate, kind of in your blood, the way you perceive the world, right? Right. How did that, yep. how did that lead into becoming a professional salesperson, right? Because I know <laughs> lots of people that have that kind of spirit and they go lots of different ways, right? Some become, uh, <laughs> you know, like I guess every group of friends, right? Some become delinquents, some become doctors, yep. some, some fall somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. I guess probably one of the biggest reasons why I, I went more into the sales route is I, I enjoyed talking with people. I enjoyed understanding what they're looking for, you know, what they want, what, you know, just, just overall the psychology of people. And, and that's big in sales right there is understanding a person and, and how whatever you have can help them out. Um, you know, I've, I've sold everything from shoes. I've sold radio advertising. I, I sold magazines door to door and you just always have to find a reason why someone needs your product or whatever it is you're selling. And one of the, and trust me, I have a ton of sales stories and, and I'll share a few of them, but like one of the ones that I will never, ever forget is I used to sell magazines door to door and we travel cross country doing this. I actually started down in Florida and got to uh, Texas actually uh, right out of Dallas, Texas. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I kind of want to do other stuff. But the thing is, um, I made good money doing it. And, but the thing is people would always say, and this was back in 1997, 98. So pre-cell phones, everything like that. People would always say, you know what? I don't have time to read a magazine. Mm. And thinking the way that I was thinking, I was like, use the bathroom at least twice a day, right? (laughs) There's your 10, 15 minutes right there. And sure enough, people would be like, ding, okay, you know, that, that makes total sense. You know, so it's just, it's funny. I know, right? That's really bad. But uh, it's, it's just those little things that you have to, you know, dig deeper sometimes and find out what the real root cause is and, and find out how you can help them out. You know, uh, uh, an English teacher of mine told me a long time ago in critical thinking class, sometimes you have to think outside of the box. Well, I was like, no, you have to ponder the exterior of the cube, <laughs> you know? So you just gotta, you gotta look at things in different ways, you know? And, and I think life experiences help you do that as not only a human being, but also a sales professional, because if you've been in a situation before, you, you can, you know, relate to that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And what's interesting is that path of, of doing door to door and, and committing to like traveling across the country mm-hmm. to do it, that, that, that is going to provide you with so much more valuable training yep. than any class or any book or module or however it ends up getting broken down because exactly you know you're i mean you you're especially in the like i'm gonna tell you i don't know if i could do that because you're it's so high pressure because not only is it is it high pressure door to door like that in and of itself is high pressure but you're like literally like making your way (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, as you go. Yeah. And yeah. so, so did you, you obviously didn't have a problem with that spotlight and that pressure or, or did you, and just figure out a way to get over it. Right. Because if I think about m- me coming up, uh, the majority of my teenage years and early twenties, I was like trying to not put myself in situations where I had to perform. It was all on the line. Like I never took a commission only job. Right. Uh, and that's just kind of how I'm wired. So I, I'm fascinated by your propensity to <laughs> do something like that. Right. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, we kind of broke up for a second, but, uh, uh, but kind of what I, I think what you asked is, you know, how did I get to the point to basically get the cojones to go door to door and knock on stuff? And, and that, then that goes back to, you know, when I was a youth, you know, being the newspaper guy and knocking on the door saying, Hey, we're selling this for, you know, trip to DC or, Hey, I'm selling this for my boy scout troop. You know, is this kind of a natural thing being able to do it as a kid and, and just kind of as the years grown older, you know, just like, Hey, this is nothing. You know, this is another person. And another thing about, and this is kind of going back with that as well, you know, as SDRs, BDRs, we're on the phone all the time and, and people ask, you know, and same thing, you know, how do you make those phone calls? How do you reach out and talk to someone you never talked to before? Back in the day as well, when I was probably, you know, this is this is a little before fifth grade, maybe third or fourth grade, being home during the summer, I would randomly just dial numbers mm. long distance, you know, and, and my parents, of course, hated it because long distance bills back then were atrocious. But, uh, but, but the thing is, I would randomly call people and be like, hey, man, I'm Ryan. I'm from Iowa. You know, I wouldn't, of course, <laughs> give my last name or anything like that because, I mean, it was dumb to do that, but I wasn't that dumb. But still. It was just one of those natural things, I guess, yeah. as a youth, I just kind of started doing, and it just made me who I am now and what I do now. You know, it's just second nature, so to say. It's weird. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I love it, right? And, and it's funny, the group of people that I work with here at the sales developers, you know, all we do is cold call all day, and mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot, right? When we tell people what we do, we're often met with kind of like a, whoa, why on earth? Would you want to do that all day? (laughs) And my answer, and this kind of goes for everybody, you included, we're all a little weird. We're just all a little off. We're all a little different than the norm where we can enjoy calling strangers. Uh, I used to do the same thing, right? I mean, I used to, I mean, when I was in elementary school, it was like, hey, just getting excited to like call a random number and talk to somebody in a different state. Um, and then obviously, as I got older, it turned into calling 1-800-GATEWAY and trying to order exactly. a, uh, <laughs> a you know, laptop to Seymour Butt's house. Um, <laughs> you know, so the delinquency. Uh, oh, the, uh, the, the prank calling was there yeah, as well. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely an element of, of getting familiar with the phone. That's funny. That's never come up. I'd be very interested to see how many successful people who make their living cold calling have, have a have a sordid history of of prank calls right uh, in their past i I would venture to say that the it's probably the majority of us <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's funny you mentioned that because i was just watching a video earlier today of uh um oh my gosh thornberg mm. i have 27 seconds of your time i know he did that as a kid oh, and that's awesome <laughs> you know he always does a little squint his face and everything <laughs> hey can i have 27 seconds of your time love that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah no yeah i can totally picture him uh getting in trouble for for <laughs> prank calling the neighbors yeah. <laughs> yeah i love it man well and so you know you obviously had 
a pre- like kind of a just you were going to get in sales. It was just something that you identified you enjoyed. Um, yep. You got into sales. So talk talk to us about this transition that you made, right? Because if I look at kind of what you've done, you spent some time doing door to door. You spent some time working in wireless. Um, at what point did you decide to focus on inside sales um, as opposed to any other kind of branch of of sales? Yeah, no, much like a, and much like your career as well. You know, I I got tired of retail. Yeah. You know, I wanted I wanted the normal eight to six, you know, eight to seven grind, you know, sometimes a little longer. I, I wanted my weekends off. I wanted to have the opportunity where I know what my, my hours are going to be. I know if I need to stay a little bit longer, I can. I know that I don't have to worry about, you know, this working face to face, you know, because with, with inside sales, I mean, you got, you got your phone, you have your email, you have text, you have, you have everything. And, and throughout my experience, I've, and it's probably, this probably isn't true, but I honestly think more people answer emails than they do phone calls because mm. you could be in Starbucks. Oh, hey, I got an email. You know, I can, boom, you know, I can answer that. And and I don't want to say that a lot of my success has come out of emails, but I, I got some paychecks saying that, yes, it does. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's weird, but but you can't forget about getting on the phone. You can't forget about making those dials and, and reaching out and touching someone, so to say, because that's where the connection actually happens. Because when you talk to people over the phone, you, you, you can get a read on how they're feeling, you know, and everything like that. You know, you can, you can tell if they're smiling or not, you know, as, as you can see, I'm smiling now and you, and you can tell that my voice and, yeah. and sometimes people forget about the basics mm. and that's, that's getting on the phones and, and actually grinding out, you know, 100, 150, 200 calls, how, whatever your metrics are, you know, daily metrics, but you know, people forget about that sometimes. And, and that's another big thing of mine as well. I, I think as a BDR, SDR, we are the grease that keeps the engine running. We're the ones that are, are getting those leads to our sales reps. We're the ones that are, you know, opening those doors. We're the ones that are throwing those perfect pitches so they can hit a home run, mm-hmm. you know? And, and to me, I, I mean, I grew up in Iowa. Um, you know, you would think I'd be a deer hunter, pheasant hunter, stuff like that. Of course, I did that stuff as a kid, but I think sales is my hunting now. You know, going out and finding that perfect prospect, following those tracks and, 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 you know, putting out the, putting out the bait, so to say, I, I guess that's illegal. So I shouldn't say that, but you don't bait here. Don't do that people. But, uh, but, you know, putting out, putting out the little, putting out the little nibbles, so to say, and, and just seeing what comes. And, and that's, that's what sales is to me. It's, it's hunting. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's everything to me in all honesty. And I have, I have talked to people in the past who have moved into sales and I've even read it the other day on LinkedIn, but someone was talking about sales uh, being their new addiction, <laughs> how they were on, you know, other substances growing up, but then they realized, Hey, if I turn this stuff around, this could be my new addiction. This could be my new fix. This could be everything. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes I mean, me personally as well, you know, I've, I've, I mean, we've all had problems, you know, but uh, yeah. you know, that, that kind of came to a realization to me in my youth saying, Hey, you know, I can put all this energy towards other things because trust me, I am not a picture perfect guy. There's stuff that I've been through that I would not wish on anyone, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, some of that stuff has hindered me in my professional stuff because of things that have happened, but I grew from it. I learned from it. You know, I, I got the t-shirt, so to say, you know, yeah. saying, 
you know, don't go there. You know, I've, I've talked to kids before, you know, I've done the big brother thing. I've done all that stuff. And, and that's why I, that's another reason why I think I'm good at sales is because I just know how to talk to people, no matter where you are in the spectrum of life, whether you're, you're the low life, you know, thug from the street to the, you know, higher up VP of sales, you know, at all the people will treat you the way you treat them. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, I love, I love that you're kind of speaking about this because I I had Scott Lease on the podcast last week and um, we were talking about like this, the the term sales degenerates came up Mm -hmm. basically just, you know, uh, because Scott wrote this, that book kind of based around like a sales process, like an addiction Mm -hmm. uh, funnel, right. And, And becoming addicted and how you, you know, identify a pain. And, and he mm-hmm. said, uh, he was amazed at how many salespeople reached out and said, I had been, I tried to be a challenger seller. I tried to do spin selling, but this addiction model yep. <laughs> because of the effed up stuff that I've yep. been through yep. <laughs> actually clicks for me. And your point about it being a, a channel to mm-hmm. take this energy is absolutely true. I mean, mm-hmm. I think about, you know, my own, um, you know, teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're the one thing that I haven't mentioned uh, that's absolutely special is that we're both in Raleigh, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> which is rare for this podcast. And so I apologize for not mentioning that earlier because I think it's. Yeah, we've cool. never met in person, which is really weird, dude. So, well, I mean, you know, that's the world we live in, right? Yeah. And, um, there's about seven people on the list of uh, people that I could easily just go meet in right. 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, growing up here, uh, you know, had a normal, like my parents were great parents, but I just had a propensity to get into trouble. Right. Yep. And I just wanted yep. to push the limit and I yep. wanted to see how far I could take things. Yep. And, and um, you know, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And, and one of the things that I love about sales is that I was able to kind of come to it as like a person who was like, mm, I'm definitely messed up. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> stunted my growth. Right. I mean, I think about all of the years that I spent and all the money yeah wasted on drugs and (laughs) drinking and and uh things that evaporated into air quite literally right and um you know you you can either kind of arrive at that place and be like damn what the hell am i gonna do or you get lucky and you kind of say hey this is a thing where like i'm only getting based on my like now performance right right so i'm here they let me come here because they'll hire anybody yeah (laughs) right that's kind of how it starts right it's like okay i got this place yeah now i have an opportunity to actually like work harder and and channel that that energy that you spoke about into something positive right and 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 it's just and it has a direct effect on your wallet it has a direct effect on your mentality uh, and and it literally saves lives yeah yeah right and and so i i completely understand when you say like i love this thing this thing is my life it's because well you know it's it's help helped you grow as a person and exactly um one of the things yeah i was gonna say i mean knowing what the 
other things that could happen in your life if you don't change stuff around is very eye-opening as well. I mean, when I was away, so to say, um, for about two and a half years, mm-hmm. <laughs> both my grandmothers passed away and I was unable to attend any of the funerals or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it really hit me hard. My, my mom wrote me a letter. And, uh, and, and I don't know if this is appropriate for the station or the thing. No, this is life. It's life, yeah, man. You're fine. Yeah, my mom, my mom wrote me a letter, and I could tell right away when I got this letter that something had happened because it was longer than usual. The envelope mm, was thicker. Heavy. Yeah, right? And, and I could just feel a spirit, so I'll say, right away off the letter. And I went up to my cell and stuff and, and read it. And I had to read, of course, first, and I didn't, it didn't click yet. So I read mm. again. And there was a line there, and I still think about this to this day, and this was 20 years ago, but a line that my mom wrote in there saying the best memorial you could ever give your grandmother would be to change your life around. Yeah. I think about that daily. I mean. Right? Yeah, it's, it's things like that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's things like that you have to think about as well. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Well, and you, don't, and you don't necessarily come to those places until you have put yourself in a situation where you're. Yeah you know, have have to come face to face with it. And, and I mean, I swear, uh, I have a friend and, and he's, I'm actually going to interview him right after this for the podcast. Um, uh, you know, we grew up together. We did all the wrong things together. Uh, I got lucky enough to kind of get out with, without anything too damning. Right. Right. And could take a few classes to get things off, you know, stuff like that. Um, but you know, he went to jail for four years and I remember talking to him, you know, so in the time that he went to jail and got out, I had kind of found sales and, um, become a father. And so my life was completely different. And I was on this completely new path, kind of channeling myself in this, in this direction. And I spoke with him and it was obvious he had done the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. He had taken that time to better himself. Yep. And, and I'll, I'll always remember this, but he literally um, was in better shape, knew more languages, was more educated and had right. more money saved than I did <laughs> in that four year <laughs> time, you know, and he's gone on to do amazing things. He's got That's a family, awesome. he's a personal trainer, he's got his own business. I mean, he's just got, and, and I, I'm wary of people who haven't had some sort of experience like that. It freaks me out a little bit when I meet somebody that's kind of just like, well, I was born and then uh, I went to Princeton and uh, yeah. now I work at this hedge fund and yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, when do you, when does your movie turn into American psycho, bro? You know? Right. <laughs> so, and that's why I think, I love this profession of sales is because when you actually get to know people and you actually talk to people, like I was amazed to hear uh, Scott Lisa's story and how mm-hmm. he came to to um, writing that book about like basing everything off of addiction. I mean, he yeah. had tons of surgeries and got addicted to opioids, right? I mean, yeah. that's yep. no small thing to come back wow. from. And my mom always used to call those people salt to the earth, right? Right, like salt to the earth. They've been through some shit. Yeah, they're genuine people. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you talk to some. OG sales guys, those are the most salt of the earth people ever because exactly. they've experienced so much. And, you know, I think when you can carry that into your daily grind with mm-hmm. the gratitude and yep. perspective of thinking, you know, like, what am I doing 
how am I honoring the people that I want to honor in the way right. that I'm conducting myself? I mean, I just think that's so powerful, dude. I yeah. Mean, whew, what a way yeah. to start your day. Talk about a morning know, right? routine. <laughs> it's like, it's like my, my wife and I always talk about sometimes you have to go to hell to find heaven. And, exactly. and, that's, and that's so true. And, and, and I totally agree with what you said is, Sometimes I won't trust people unless they've gone through some stuff. I also, you know, and it's like people who don't, and, and my wife aside, because she doesn't, but, you know, people usually don't have tattoos. I, I usually don't <laughs> trust them because I have 15 myself, you know, so it's like, you know, it's like, it's those little things that you look for sometimes. Mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. and, and going through the stuff that you have in your past, you kind of notice that in other people sometimes with, with their stares or how they just look at, you know, scan the room and everything like that, or, or if they sit with their, you know, facing the door and stuff like that. So those little things you pick up sometimes like, wait a minute, man, are we on the same page here? Have yeah. Yeah. To, this, it's yeah. just weird. It's weird, man. Yeah. This person's been around the block. Like yeah. I have. Well, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I've had some of the best cold calls when like, I, okay. So there was a point when I called used car dealerships mm -hmm. and that was like the best cold call to make right because right. those guys were salt to the earth those guys yep. were like gonna give you the time of day if you had yep. something that was like five cents cheaper than the, what they normally would get yep. you could get it to them tomorrow they'd give you credit their credit card information over the phone and it was the first time exactly. you've ever spoken with them you know yep. just, but i love those kind of conversations and i could always connect so easily because i felt like ooh, my people got it they're not going to BS right. me. I don't feel intimidated. Um, so how much of that, I mean, I'm guessing, taking a wild guess, that all of that life experience kind of just plays into how you operate, right? Exactly. And it's funny that you mentioned, and this was another story I was going to say as well, um, but, you know, you mentioned the used cars, you know, then people just being down to earth and everything. I actually used to, uh, and this is not a plug for, for this, but I used to work for Allstate Motor Club. And we sold the motor club to people over the phone. We used tape recorders to record the calls and get their credit card numbers and everything like that. But me just being who I was over the phone and talking with people, I sold this guy to motor club. The killer thing about this was he was blind. He mm. did not even drive because the motor club covered him in whatever vehicle he was in. So and his sister's cousin's brother's former roommate from college, something happened, he's covered and he was chauffeured around all the time. Yeah. But he's like, Hey, just the way you explained it to me and everything. And just the way you talked to me on the phone. Yeah, man, I'm going to buy, you know? So I was like, mm -hmm. heck yeah, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's like I said before, and we've said before, and it's, it's been a, a prime thing throughout this whole conversation. It's just how you treat people and, and how they treat you. And that's, that's what it is, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the golden rule rings true, especially in a profession where you're, it's kind of critical and, and bent on building relationships or at least being able to connect with people. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I always agree with the term of like building relationships, especially at the front of the sales cycle, like we are. Right. I don't ever really felt like I've built a relationship with anybody that I set a meeting with, but I definitely feel like I've connected with them in the yeah, moment, definitely. right? And definitely. made an impression and yep. told them a joke and made them laugh or something yep. like that. Um, yep. So one thing that you mentioned that I didn't want to forget, and I think I tend to talk about the phone a lot um, just because of what I do, mm -hmm. but but in my entire career, I actually definitely went through periods where I didn't pick up the phone for months. 
Right. And I was just sending emails. Right. Yep. So talk a little bit about your approach there, man. Cause you know, just for the record, everybody, Ryan is somebody who like, you're, you're a prolific business development professional. Like you've set tons of meetings in one week. I can't remember what it was. It was on it was LinkedIn. 50. It was yeah. 50. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. So this is, you know, coming from somebody who, who I has seen the results. So talk to us about how, how you kind of think about the email phone balance, how you, how you execute that kind of level of excellence, sir. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like with, with what I do now, you know, I, I, I take a lot of, you know, people are interested in trials or our product or, or seeing a demo. Of course, you know, I always call first, you, you got to call first, but I always follow up with an email saying, Hey, I just left you a voicemail. I understand we're all busy. Here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's our process. You know, you can give me a call back or, or if it's easier for you to fill out the email, just send it back to me. We'll get you, we'll get you scheduled. We'll talk to someone, you know, I would say in my tenure of doing this stuff, 60% of the time that works just like that. Because you know, people, like I said earlier, will respond to you in a Starbucks or respond to you shopping or wherever they're doing. They'll email you back and be like, yeah, man, we're cool. You know, and sometimes, though, with that, if they kind of ghost me a little bit about, you know, setting up the time, like, hey, can we schedule for then? You know, of course, I'm going to call and be like, hey, man, I got you on the phone. You're talking with me over email. Um, hey, when's a good time of day we can do this? You know, then we don't have to worry about the email, you know, shuffle anymore and everything. And, and then I do that a lot, too. So I think that's probably one thing that I didn't do enough of would, would, would be to shorten. Cause that was always such a pain in the ass, right? You get somebody <laughs> to say yes. Yeah. And you can tell they said yes on their iPhone. Right. So they're probably in the middle of doing something, yep. but they say yes. And then you got to send another email and say, okay, what time works for you? Yeah. Hopefully you have a little link you can include, but if you don't, yep. then it's like you're listing out days of the week. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think it's really sounds like you're, You've identified the advantage of each channel, yep. right? So the advantage of calling is that instantaneous, able to get some information, able to knock some admin, you know, get this yep. done. Let's just exactly. get this done. Yep. Um, but you also recognize that fat chance sometimes of getting somebody to pick up the phone, if you're calling them twice a day in an eight hour workday and just kind of <laughs> hoping that it's a great time for them to talk to you. Exactly. So you're, you're compensating for that by saying, Hey, I'm going to float this email out. Mm -hmm. This is ready for you whenever you want to get to it. Um, and I think that's a fantastic way to look at it. Right. Because yeah. kind of the analogy that I came to when I was, you know, running the business development for, for my last company, cause we needed to do all of it. We needed to do mm -hmm. direct mail. We needed to do video and marketing and create as much awareness as possible. I, I kind of started to see it as, okay, well, sending emails and having email campaigns and, and drip campaigns and all that fantastic stuff is kind of like traditional phishing. Yep. Yep. And then cold calling is like taking a spear and trying to stab a salmon out of the river. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like real messy. It's going to feel a lot more, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't want to do this or awkward. But if you can get one, you're going to be able to eat right away. Exactly. Right? Um, as opposed to having to wait. And I think it sounds like you figured that out. And, and um, Well, it's funny because we live in a society now where we want instant gratification. Oh, you know? Yeah. But I remember taking my pictures from my 35 millimeter camera to 
the pharmacy growing up and having to wait for the film to be developed, you know, and, and waiting those three to five days, you know, and, and I guess I, I love young sales. I love young people doing BDR and SDR stuff, but sometimes I honestly think that older people who've not only been around the bush, but know about patients mm-hmm. and not wanting that stuff right away tend to do a little bit better, but, but finding, if you can find a, in fact, I got a kid on my team now who, who's, who is like that. He understands the instant gratification side of things, but he knows how to play the weight game, you know, and that's cool. So key. You know? Yeah. So and, and a lot of people important. forget that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, it, it's an interesting experience cause I've, I've worked on teams, BDR teams where I was the oldest. Right. Being in my thirties. Yeah. I've been, and now most of our SDRs are your age or older. Yeah. Yep. And what I've found, (laughs) so this isn't fair because (laughs) just inherently, I think the longer you're around on this earth, you just kind of generally become a better person, hopefully. Right. Right. So there's, there's zero, like now working with the team that I'm working with now with everybody's 15 years plus. Yep. Just, loving being a SDR because they can just use all of the experience they have, right. you know, very similar to you, right? You just yep. love it. I um, mean, you have this different perspective. It's an, it's an entirely different game, right? Yeah. Because, because it's, it, it, it goes from kind of fervent activity, like mm-hmm. just do a bunch of dials and send a bunch of emails and just try and go as hard and grind as fast as possible yep. and hit it to, all right, well, let me, ask several questions before we even get started. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. What's the motivation here? You like one, one of the guys that I work with, Rob, he he's, he's like so good at what he does because he takes it so seriously in his own way of like, all right, how am I going to get somebody excited right. about whatever I'm calling about today? Mm-hmm. Cause he's identified over the years that, you know, these are the things that really matter, right? right. These are the yep. things I can use the phone to do this. I can use the email to do this and I can use my voice and all these different things, right. And tweak all of those different inputs. So yeah, I would love to see a team of just strictly SDRs that had no less than like 15, 15 years experience. Right. And, and put them up against a team of, maybe two or three years in like yeah. the 20s and just yeah. see right not that i think the results would be drastically different but just the process and the right. mind state the methodology yes yes yeah. i think that would be so interesting because you know you're able to kind of stay in the middle a little bit more you're able to recognize like okay there are going to be peaks and valleys yep we're going to win some we're going to lose some some weeks i'm going to set 50 meetings some weeks yeah. i'm going to set zero meetings yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And it goes back to the old adage, you know, of, uh, you know, work smarter, not harder, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and understanding those different, different methodologies and those different just takes of how to get the same thing done. You know, sometimes you do have to go those extra steps, but Hey, those extra steps is a, where you learn something, B where you perfect it and C where you are able to do it and on a constant level, you know, and that's pretty good. I saw that. <laughs> hey, dude. Yeah. Coin that. Put yeah. that on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> I love it. No, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So look, uh, Ryan, I, I want to make sure that the, uh, before we run out of time here, 
Uh, I always ask every guest for just a short, like actionable sales tip that folks that are listening to the podcast can use. Wow. I would, in, in all honesty, I, I got a sales book quite a few years ago from one of my sales managers and it talked about perseverance, never giving up, just always going for it and, and just not really taking no. And, and so I would have to say that's probably one of the biggest things is just don't give up. And, and you're going to laugh when I tell you the book, but it's Green Eggs and Ham. Yes. Yeah, right? Because Sam Fantastic. is always on there, man. He's always trying to talk him. Hey, do you want to hear? Do you want it there? Where do you want it? You know, and, and that as a salesperson, and people laugh at that, but as a salesperson, you, you need to be persistent in one way, shape, or form, whether through calling, whether it's through email, through direct mailing, if you're in that, you know, uh, in that thing, in that vertical, you know, whatever it is, you always have to be persistent, you know? And yeah. I think that's one of the key things that anyone in sales or in life, whatever goal they're trying to you know get, need to do. Yeah. No, I mean, and 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 it, you can only really figure that out once you have either done it or not done it. Like when you right. persevered through something and and come out the other side and whoa, all right, well, yeah, <laughs> I got through that and and exactly. can repeat this process or you give up in the middle of some shit and wonder for the yep. rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> what have yeah, I exactly. just kept? So done. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I think that especially speaking to the, the folks at the front of the sales cycle, like <clears throat> it's just, it can seem endless. It can seem pointless. It can seem mundane, but if you can just figure out a way to get excited about it. And one of the things that I've always loved about you, and it's obvious from the way that you speak about it. You yeah. Know, just such a thick layer of like gratitude, right? Exactly. You have gratitude for your situation. And um, yeah, I love it, man. Uh, before we wrap up, I need to make sure that I ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast. All right. Ryan, what is your favorite place to eat lunch, man? Uh, like anytime. Uh, anytime. I mean, anytime. Name, name drop, man. Here in Raleigh, there's an Italian restaurant called Bella Monica. Mm. probably the best Italian food I've ever had. And my wife and I try to go there at least twice a month and we'll go there for lunch and have a glass of wine, and just relax and, and think about life and talk about our jobs and talk about this, everything, you know? So, I mean, Italians got right, man. You open up over Italian food. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's interesting. I think between maybe Mexican food and Italian food, it's right yeah. up there for the most popular answers. And I think yeah. you just got the right. And most of the time, it's because of the experience you're having around it. Interesting. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing, you know, and, and I don't know about your listeners if they know this, but you as well as I share a passion for hip hop and, and, and rapping and everything. And, yes, and, sir. And, and we're still going to have to have that freestyle battle one of these days. Not going to be here. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, I think we probably need to just have a, a uh, you know, this, this probably could have been a Joe Roganer, right? Where right? we go on for three hours um, and talk about things. So I definitely have, have to have you back uh, next man. season so we, can, yeah. so we can have a hip hop and sales exactly. uh, episode. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the best lines ever. You know, you, you either got to, you know, your sling crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot, man. Big yeah. All day, man. That's that's another thing to remember in sales. Hey, you got to find what you're good at, buddy. Well, honestly, Ryan, I, when when at the beginning of the podcast, when you started talking about your sister, 
drinking the prophets, I said, she's not following the 10 crack commandments. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Never get high on your own. Supply. Exactly. Exactly. It. Well, Hey, thank you so much, Ryan. Um, yeah. you know, this is special for me to be able to connect with you. And I think we, we, we touched on some things that, that haven't been touched on here before that I've always wanted to kind of talk about. And so I appreciate you, um, just being here and being a genuine yeah, person and, and taking the time. Uh, how can folks connect with you, keep up with you as you continue to have 50 meeting weeks? <laughs> right. Hey, just find me on LinkedIn, Ryan Drews. It's R-Y-A-N-D-R-E-W-E-S. A lot of people forget the E at the end. And my wife's like, because I'm extra. That's why there's that extra E there. So yeah, just find me on LinkedIn and, and we'll we'll chat it up, man. So it's all good. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show as well. And and it was a great talk. I hope uh, I hope the listeners get a lot out of it, which I'm sure they will. And uh, yeah, man, we'll definitely do this again. Fantastic. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 56 of the Lunch Break Podcast. I'll speak to you guys soon.